building family. Am I switched on? I am. Good. We have uh, one or two visitors with us this morning. Make sure that you take the opportunity to find out who they are, do some searching, find out who they are, and make sure they're very, very welcome in the life of our church. How are you all for Father's Day? Would you put your hand up if you don't have a father, if you never had a father? No, nobody. So Father's Day involves us all, doesn't it? Whether we like it or not. If you're a father, now's the time to get the chocolate, right? I understand that. But if you're not a father, uh, you remember your father. And thank God for who he is or who he was. And take the opportunity to, to relax and enjoy his company if you get the chance. Well, let me just give a bit of a background for those of us who are, those of us who are visiting us to let, me, to let you know what's going on. Um, since I've been with you, I've been working through uh, a picture which might help us to understand what's going on in our church and what the future looks like uh, in terms of the changes that are happening in our world, very significant changes in our world. Over the next five to ten years, our world is going to look very, very different to what it's been. And we're saying to ourselves, well, if that's the case, what do we need to be doing in our church to make sure that our church is up to date with dealing with the community rather than simply resting back on our laurels and saying, well, we can always do what we've always done and always get what we've always had and simply decline into nothing. So we started off by talking about the kingdom of God. Then we talked about some of the consequences of living as the people of the kingdom of God. And then we talked about the processes that God uses to train the individuals in his kingdom. So we talked about Elijah and thought through some of the things that were happening in, in relation to him. Now we finished that last week and we want to move to the broader picture now of if individuals are part of God's kingdom, the community that they live in is the headquarters of the kingdom in this world. So the most significant event for us now is to say, well, what about the church? What's the church like? What is the community that we live in like? So we're going to be discussing uh, these ideas for the next few weeks and we're going to be exploring Ephesians and trying to identify what... And we've cho I've chosen Ephesians because Ephesians is the best book in the scriptures that deal with the church. God's instructions about what happens in the church and how we go about the church and so on. So we'll be doing that and of course the usual preachers will be preaching through the, through the series over the next couple of months. But that's what we're going to do. You know, I, I was um, talking around last Sunday morning after the service to everybody... And one of, uh, one, of the, one of the guys in the church who I regard as a friend and whose company I enjoy said to me, you know, he said, uh, this church is the 7,000 for me. You know what he's talking about? Remember the story at the end of, uh, at the end of Elijah where uh, he dumped his bags in the cave and God said to him, look, I've, I've, you think that you're the only one, I'm telling you. There are 7,000 others that I've reserved for, for my name. And he said to me, he said, this church is the 7,000 for me. When I'm in trouble or when I'm down or when I... He said, I, go to, I come to this church. This is my, my 7,000. And I thought to myself, Lord, thank you for what an introduction he gave me <laughs> for today. Because that's exactly, he's travelling exactly where we need to go. If we're going to live as the people of God in the kingdom of God, 
then God has set us up not as individuals but community. And we need to think about the community. We need to understand the community and get on track with this as far as the future of the church is concerned. So let me read from Ephesians, just the passage we're going to be dealing with today. Uh, we'll be doing this right the way through for the next uh, probably two or three months. So uh, let's think about this together. Reading, if you've got your scriptures there in front of you, reading from uh, Ephesians chapter 1 uh, through for the first 14 verses. If you've got it on your phone or you've got it anywhere else, just look it up and uh, I'll read it through to you. I'm reading the NIV. Many of you have got other readings and that's fine. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfilment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything, in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard that for truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Well, now, what's the family about? It's good sometimes for us to understand that we have a family of origin. On our birth certificate, for example, we look at the names of our father and our mother, and if we trace that back a little bit, we begin to discover a little bit about them and find out who they are has affected who we are. Uh, the personal characteristics, the way I look, has a little bit to do with my father. Not a lot, because he was only this tall, but it has a little bit to, the, to do with the way I look. The values that I hold were instilled in me by my father. He uh, taught me a whole pile of things. He was very, very strict. Uh, and so I've been very, very strict with my kids, and my girls laugh at me now. But uh, there you go. It's, it's, it's the fun of life. The perspectives on life. My dad was a builder and I spent my entire junior life out on building sites, learning how to bricklay, learning how to tile, learning how to do a whole pile of things. In my youth I used to work on the sites, cleaning them up and all that sort of stuff. So that set the perspective for me. I didn't actually stick to it, I went to be a teacher and he was a bit surprised at that but there you go. Uh, it, it provides us with the starting resources what's up here, what our bodies look like, 
I mean, there are some really seven foot six tall footballers and there are five foot three footballers. The body they have produces what they can in them and it's the same for you and for me. Uh, there are starting resources. My father said to me, whatever you do, make sure that you keep a little bit of cash in a tin up behind the chimney in the ceiling where nobody can find it so that if you get into trouble, you've got just a little bit of cash there to sort you out. Now, I don't have a chimney in my house, but there is a little tin with a little bit of money in to sort me out. The skills and abilities, the interest base, etc., uh, and it's important for us to understand what it's like when we belong to our family. Today's a gathering of families, and it'll be great to share what's going on in our families. But uh, if we look at our personal birth certificate, we begin to understand who we are. Now, the thing I want to say is this. Here we go. We get ourselves started here. The family of origin, we have two, we have two birth certificates, not just one. The first birth certificate has got our parents on. It's got our family, our brothers and sisters. The, the second birth certificate is the certificate that uh, Jesus has given us. When we are born again, we understand that God is our Father and that uh, we are born into a family and we belong in a family. And when we look at ourselves, we understand that we carry inside of us the characteristics of our Father... Now, he, is, as I understand, is not a builder. He does a whole pile of other things, but what he is, is in me. What he is, is in you, the foundation of your life, the foundation of your future, the foundation of everything you are is in that birth certificate. And it's just as it's useful for us to look at our birth certificates from our parents occasionally to check out who we really are, it's good sometimes to check out our birth certificates from our father, our father. And hear what he says to us about who we are and about what we're supposed to be. So in this passage, Paul outlines our birthright. Our birthright is that which God has put in his will about us. If you are my children, this is what you have received because you belong to me. These are the characteristics. These are the resources you have at your disposal. These are the characteristics that you belong to a family, a community of God's people. You're not on your own. You belong to a family. And when you're down, you come and these are the 7,000 for us. We live together. We work together. We love together. We knock the, the, the rough edges off each other. We love and care for anybody who comes through the door. We're the family of the beloved. Uh, he talks about our behavior as a result. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you have the God of the universe as your father, then there are certain things that you are involved in, certain things that you uh, do. And, and the, the main characteristic of that is that you love one another, that love becomes the criteria of your decision-making. It's not a matter of, I want this. It's, it's how does this affect those around me? How can I serve and use love to build up our community? This is the community of the family. What does this family really look like? Now, I'm not suggesting to you for a moment this is all brand new, but I'm saying to you that it's useful for us to look at our birth certificate and to, to rake up again the characteristics of who we are and remember over again what our birthright is, what we have a right to, how we need to behave. So our behaviour as a result, this passage contains the heritage of the chosen ones. 
Are you one of those? Are you one of the chosen ones? Is that why you belong? Or have you just walked in the door and said, oh, I'll come and sit here for a while? Or do you actually belong in here because the one who bought you has said to you, you're in. <laughs> you're in. You're appointed in. You belong. You're at home. I suggest it's the latter. First of all, I want to say to you that we belong. Verse 13 and 14. You have a right to be here. You don't, you don't come to this church because people you know, can sort of sit up the back and people will let you in and they'll talk to you sometimes. You are in this church because you're a part of this church. You are in this church because you are a part of the body of Jesus Christ. And as a part of the body of Jesus Christ, you have a right to the birthright of it all. You have a right to contribute to the whole. You have a right to be formed by the whole. You have a right to be loved by the whole. And that's your birthright. You belong. You belong not because the people of this church say that you do when they nominate you as a member of the church. You have a right to belong here because God says you belong. Your father says you belong. He says, my children, my children, gather together as a community and allow my son to be the, the leader of the community and listen to what he says about the best ways to behave and become not an organisation, forget about the organisation stuff, but become a family. That's why I, when I stand up say, to, to, to speak to you, say to you, hey family, because that's what it is. We are family together. We are not an organisation we cannot be organised as an organisation. We are an organism. We are a body in whom Jesus Christ rules. Uh, so that we have an adoption certificate then marked with three stamps. This is not the adoption certificate that we get from our mum and dad, but the adoption that we get, certificate that we get from our father. First of all, we are included in Christ. So when, the, when the, uh, the adoption certificate uh, shows who's your father, my heavenly father, uh, I've been included in Christ. His son, I have been bought by the price of his son's death and his blood has saved me, he has set me free and he has set me on a solid rock and that rock is Jesus Christ and I am included in Christ. My name is written in the book of life and I belong, that is where I belong. I don't belong anywhere else. I might live somewhere else, but I belong here. I belong with my name included in Christ. That's where I belong. I'm marked with a guarantee. What's the guarantee? When you're born again, Jesus says to you, I have one who is the same as me, but different, and I will give him to come and live in you. And that is the guarantee that I actually love you. You know that the Spirit of God is in you. That is the guarantee and with which he's marked who you are and he's given you his Spirit as the guarantee of his, com of his community with you, of his, of his love for you. And, and thirdly on the certificate, you are, you are uh, the possessions of the Father. He bought you. He now owns you. He has a right to you. And he will do what he can to try and raise you as his son or daughter in the most perfect way. And he will do things that other people in this world can never do to raise you. For example, he will, he will forgive your sins. 
He has the capacity to work with what's going on in your head, not just with your body. He's had the capacity to do with what's going on in your heart, where he can heal you, where he can, he can say to you, come and talk to me about your sin. Come and talk to me about, you know, that stuff that really hurts, that's heavy stuff. Come and talk to me about it, and I'll talk to you about it too, and we'll have a discussion about it. But at the end of the day, I will say to you, I forgive you. I heal you, and you're not second-hand material reborn again. You are completely new material. I've created you new. Now, how, people, how many people in our world can say that? I'm a position of the Father, and I have the capacity to be renewed from the sin that I've committed. And I have the capacity to be renewed from the sin I've committed with another community of people who have the same experience and who talk at a deeper level than people in our society and with whom I can talk about love, with whom I can say, folk, we've got uh, some responsibility at Corumburra. We need to whip, whip up there and, and help them out with their, uh, with their looking after the kids while they have it. Where else would you get that? But that's, that's what it means to be part of the family. We're possessions, we're included in Christ... We're marked with a guarantee and we're possessions of the Father. Secondly, we inherit, because of course this is the, this is the will bit, the, the, he is our Father, we therefore inherit his provisions. Whatever he has done, he hands on down to us. And he says to us now, as my family, as my group of loved ones, I will give to you the resources you need to be who you're supposed to be. You don't need to rely on your own skills. I will give you the skills. I will put them in your heart and I will skill this person over here to do this. I'll skill this person over here to do that. I'll skill this person over here to do something else. You'll all be equal. None of us the hero. I'm the hero. None of us the boss. I'm the boss. And I will do that in the family. And I will group you together and I will show you over and over and over again my love. Well, what are the things that he's given to us? First of all, every spiritual blessing in heaven. Now, you think about that. Where are the wealthy places in our world? They're places that have no money most of the time. <laughs> but they're places where every spiritual blessing lives. Churches. Unfortunately, many churches have <laughs> made idle use of that or have done it damage by their reputation but in this place we have a right to understand that every spiritual blessing for us everything that God has done every creation he's put into place is where we live I'm not saying that belongs to us I'm saying that's where we live we experience those things. They flow amongst us. As we let the barriers down further and further, we become a community of, of love and joy and we, we care for each other. We have anybody here who, 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 anybody at all comes to this church. Any skills at all come to this church. Any pains at all. Yeah, come on in the door. This is the family of God. Disabilities. Those who have trouble getting around. Why, we meet them at the door and we find a special spot for them. We look after them, we care for them, we spend our lives encouraging them 
every spiritual blessing and he has said to us in the world I have appointed you to be like me I have appointed you as the people of God and I want to say to you that you have the responsibility to be holy that is to be say set apart and you have the right to be blameless in whatever has happened in your community and whatever has happened in your life you have a right to leave that behind you have a right in the community of the world to be free of sin you have the right to move on into the world as a community of the living God to pulsate and to feel and show the, the, the blessing of God and be blameless in everything that you've, you're doing. You have a right to that. That's, that's your heritage. Well, you've heard me say before, as individuals, we carry a backpack. And many of us carry in our backpack things that have, sins have never been forgiven. We lug them around, they, carry us, they, they weigh us down. And he says to us, no, no, don't be stupid, don't do that. When you've got stuff in your backpack, give it to me. Come and talk to me and I'll do, lay it at the foot of the cross. Just leave it there and I'll set you free. Well, he says, well, as a church, it's the same. You and I all know about fights in church. You and I always know, you and I know about the difficulties in church, don't we? Do we know about that? Well, most of us don't know. You fibbers, the lot of you. <laughs> he says to us, you have a right to be holy and blameless. Sort this out. Get over it. And get on with the business of the kingdom. You're a family together. You're a community together. Thirdly, he, he, he says this to us. The purpose of our lives is to work out his intentions for us. But you say, no, 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 I want to be a lawyer. Uh, is that what he's saying to you, for you? Or you might say for our church, well, we were supposed to stay in the old building over yonder. Are you sure? He's brought you here in, into a wonderful circumstance. He has, he has given you the capacity to be who work, the ones who work for his, for his purposes. To be holy and blameless in his sight, we've already talked about that. The, the capacity to be able to work on and have our sins dealt with and forgiveness and to pick up our loins and keep going again without worrying about what's, what we're living behind in terms of reputation. Uh, to be, we are to be the evidence of his grace. He is saying to our world, I want to show the world what grace is like and the process I'm going to use to do that is to shine it through my family. I'm going to shine my grace through the family and when it's been unblemished, it'll just appear out to the world and the folk in the world will look at that community and say, wow, what's going on there? Look how they love one another. Look at how they care for one another. Look at the things that they do. Look at their reputation. Who's behind that? I need to go and find out about that. To be the evidence of his grace. People in this world who are prepared to stand up and say, chop my head off, but I want to say to you that what you're doing is wrong and you need to listen to what Jesus is saying. There are a lot of people who have experienced that in the past. Mention all sorts of names, so let's not bother. 
have been prepared to stand up and say, I belong to Jesus Christ. And I am the one who will demonstrate to you the grace he has set me free. He has recognised that I have the capacity to be everything he wants me to be and I'll set it before uh, you to, to just look at my life, see what's happened. To be the evidence of his grace and not just the evidence of his grace, the repeated receivers of his grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. The receivers over and over again at the riches that God intends for us to live with do you need a million dollars for your house? Well, I have to say to you, if you follow the right directions in working out what to do about that, you'll find that the master has ownership of, every ca of the cattle on every hill, every place. He has, he has uh, total control of all the finances of our world. And whilst many, many people muck it up, he has the capacity through you and through me to get it right. This is where we live, you see. This is not, this is not just the, the world dragged in and drudged along. This is where you and I live. When we're in trouble, where do we go? We go to the master and we say, Lord, things are not working properly here. Things are happening that I can't cope with. Would you please help me? And he says, of, of course I'll walk the road with you. So-and-so's got cancer at the moment and it seems there is no hope. Lord, what are we supposed to do? Let me walk with you. Let me show you that there are times when we, we move on and we move through the, the curtain to, to the place where we're ultimately going to live and that that's normal. But let me walk the road with you. Let me bring healing to your soul. Let me show you love. Let me pour out my power upon you, pour out my love upon you to the point where you just say, Lord, I stop it, I can't cope with it anymore. We are to receive forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. I think there are quite a few people in our world who finding it so hard to drag around their reputation that life itself is getting very, very difficult to cope with. And he's saying to us, you all have a reputation. Of course you do. We can't know our own reputation, by the way. You all have a reputation. But I am wanting to say to you, I will cleanse that reputation and I will set you up as a servant of the living God. You will know the forgiveness of sins if you understand what it means to live in the family. Now, these are the things that are the foundation stone, the foundations upon which the family of God is built. See, our reach out into the world and our capacity to deal with what the world is doing now is not for us as individuals to cope with it's for us as a family to cope with so it's it's for us as a community of God's people to cope with our people in our world have no idea no idea what the future holds they have no sense whatever of the destiny of humanity Talk to them about the destiny of humanity and many of them will say, well, it finishes when we die. There is no hope. Uh, one philosopher once said, why should I not commit, commit suicide? That's all there is. He says to us, I want you to know the mystery. And we can't understand when we live in the family why other people don't know about this. 
But I want you to know the mystery of my will. I want you to know the mystery of the future. The mystery is this. In uh, in an appropriate moment when I decide, and the the son has absolutely no idea when this is going to happen, but when I decide, when things have finished happening as they're supposed to on the earth, I will send my son again, and he will come in the clouds. There will be the sound of a trumpet, and those who are the followers of him, who've given their hearts and lives to him, they will be raised from the dead and they will be raised in life into the clouds to be with him. And they will go with him to eternity. There will be a time where those who do not love him live together without his presence at all. That'll be fun, won't it? That'll be fun. You know, when you go to hell, you know who's going to be there running the show? Pol Pot. Uh, Other blokes, I'm not going to name names because I'd get into trouble. Some who are around today. Would Mr Putin be down there? That'd be good fun, wouldn't it, to be working alongside of him? To know the mystery of his will, to know that what what's, the world is going to wind up, when it's going to wind up, these are the signs you've got to look for. When they, when they happen, then you know that this is the end of time and that you will be secure and that you'll be loved and you will spend eternity in, in a circumstance which is beyond your wildest dreams. Fourthly, we are to experience God's power. I sometimes wonder why the community of God's people doesn't experience more of God's power than it, than it does. And I think it's because we have forgotten where to go to find it and we are too concerned with our conservatism to allow it to actually happen. Oh, I, I don't want to get out of control. I don't want to... Yeah. He says, no, no, my power is available for you. What you need to do is God works in everything out according to his will. Sometimes we just plumb get in the way because we don't know what he's doing. And we're quite determined as the stalwarts of the church to have it be all what it's always been. I'm going to, I'm going to be the pillar of support and, and... No, no, no. If he knows what's going on and he's doing what's doing on, you can trust him. You can trust him to take you into the future. Uh, well, in that list I read out way, way back six months ago, remember that list of things that are happening with AI, things that are happening with electric cars and the universe that's going to change? Well, that's all certain. It's all happening. But can we trust him in the middle of that? Of course. That's where we come. That's why this church need not bother about what the world is doing. We need to listen to what Jesus is doing and follow him through the world. Will we be hurt? Yes. Will there be difficulties? Yes. But we need to be firm on what the family is all about. He will be operating in us to make us be for his praise. Not everybody is going to raise their drums in support, but he will be the one who works through us, that the universe, the angels, all creation might look at us well done good and faithful servants the world may not hear but we will 
because we are the family of the living God. He is operating in us to do the thing. Don't be scared about the world. Let him operate through you. Now, I would dare to say to you that that's likely to happen in creative ways, that very often God does things in God-type ways that we don't understand, but we have to have the wisdom and the capacity to listen to what he's doing and go with it anyway. There's got to be some kind of spiritual wisdom up here in the leadership in particular that recognises that God is in action, hands off. But that's the future of this church. That is the future of this church. Of everything that God is doing, he will work through us for people to praise him. To make us contributors to the historical sweep of his work. Did you know that as God creates the patchwork of this world, there's little spots in there where you and I uh, are contributing to that little patchwork. Just our own little spot where we do the things he's got. And if we don't do those things, there's kind of a little hole in the patchwork. But he's saying to us, I want you to understand that as I create this patchwork, which we'll all look back at and have a look at, it will be filled by the people who've loved me doing the things that they were supposed to do. It will be there because my people decided that their life was for my purpose and not for theirs. My people would have decided to throw it all in, throw all of their stuff in with me, and then together we'll be able to do things the world has never dreamt of. To share with him the secret knowledge of the fulfilment of history, to share with him. One of these days I'm either going to go and to be with him and uh, if that's the case then I'll be raised at the last days um, or he's going to come. And the relationship that I've... I've said this before too, haven't I? The relationship that I've built with, me, with him over my life then becomes the nature of my relationship in eternity. That's why I think that's so important, that little bit is so important about our lives, to build a relationship with Jesus because it becomes the foundation of what we like into the eternity. But there we are going to discover what eternity is like. There we're going to be able to discover what the greatness of God's gifts are likely to be for us. We have something to look forward to that the people of our world have absolutely no idea about at all. The most important one, my relationship with Jesus, your relationship with Jesus, the beauty of his love for you and for me, the light in him doing everything through me that he chooses to do. That's all that life, that's all that matters. That's all that life is about now. That's your birthright. That's what he has said in his will. Mum and Dad wrote your will, no doubt. Had to do with the family heritage. All the details of that will, yours. But now our Father says to us, that's your birthright. That's how we operate. That's what's important. And I give it to you because you are 
my family. My family together. Aren't you glad you belong? Aren't you glad you're part of this? Absolutely. And uh, I, I need to say this. There is a place where the roots go down. I talked about this last time when I took communion uh, about having gone up, uh, gone up uh, um, Black Spur and seeing all those trees that had fallen over because of, uh, because of great wind. Well, this is where the roots come down. This is where the roots come down. They don't go anywhere else. They don't go down to our belief in a certain philosophy. They don't go down to a certain our belief in a certain owning a certain number of this or a certain financial reaction. They don't. They don't come down to a, uh, a, a our being a, a part of a certain type of community. When the roots grow, this is where they come. This is where they come. We've shared this. Month in, month out, first Sunday of the month, for as long as I can remember, eh? As the people of God, whether I was here, when I wasn't here, we were doing it in another church. We know what this is all about. But we repeat for ourselves the truth of it over and over again. And where we hear him say to us, this is the foundation stone. This is where the roots grow. Just have a moment's silence and, let, uh, and I'd invite you to prepare yourself as we take communion together and I'll read that passage that we, that we all know so well. Lord Jesus, thank you for the invitation to come here. Thank you for the invitation to open our hearts. And in the silence of this meeting together, just to do business with you again, to reaffirm our relationship with you again, to bow before you and ask you to cleanse our souls where there's stuff there that ought not to be there. And uh, we give ourselves to you. Lord, every one of us has a different kind of relationship with you. We're all human beings. And it's not for this meal to suggest that everybody does it exactly the same. So we want to take time today to do business with you. These are the words that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For you, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the new covenant. This is the new covenant that he gave to you and the new covenant he gave to me when we chose to allow him to be the Lord of our life 
And time and time again, we must come back to this root, come back to this foundation and allow him to be the one who says to us, I love you. I will love you deeply forever. I love you more than you will ever know. And I will give to you the most precious things in life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you did. We thank you for your life sacrificed for ours. We thank you for love which is stronger than we could ever realise or understand. Thank you that the roots go down here into a heritage that's ours, which is beyond our wildest dreams. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done. Amen. Are there folk serving at communion or are we going to come forward? Folk serving at communion, they will bring to you the elements. There will be, of course, bread or crackers and there will be uh, grape juice. I invite you to partake of the, uh, the bread on your own and do your own business with God. That personal thing that has to be about the secret stuff in your soul that you've never told anybody else. But let's share together because we are family. Let's share together with the grape juice. And uh, we'll do that when everybody has shared in the, in the bread. Jesus said, this is my body which is for you. Not just broken for you, but alive again for you. This is my body which is working for you. This is my body which speaks to you of your body. The community of the saints. The ones who have learnt to love. Eat it in remembrance of me.